and I have another awesome guest tonight, Tan Dennis, he's a fellow broadcaster, and uh, join us for Q&A as well, and we'll be back here shortly. And we're back. <laughs> so thanks to my sponsors. I want to give them a shout out. I have two sponsors. Uh, J.D. Hill. He's the one that made the intro, by the way. Uh, Studio 6, Paranormal Entertainment. And the top man, Brian J. Levity from Post. So welcome, Tim. Thank you. It's cool. Open. My God, I'm still stoked that you're here with us tonight. Boom. <laughs> well, it's my pleasure. Uh, yeah, that was a cool open. Uh, good job. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, um, so I talked to my head. So what inspired you to be a radio host? You know, my theory. Oh, radio host. Where do I begin? Um, <laughs> well, uh, what would you like to know about uh, the whole radio host thing? About uh, what it's like to be? Uh, how long? Of, uh, clarify for me. Sure. Start from the beginning. Like what? Like spark your interest. Oh, what sparked my interest in it? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, Okay, so I'm a second-generation radio guy. Um, It was actually my Uncle Bob who's been on the – I know this sounds so bad. My Uncle Bob has been on the program, uh, Bob Dennis. Uh, I've had him on, actually, in the last – over the last year. Um, He's been on radio since Moses was in short pants. Oh, wow. And uh, he – he was actually my inspiration. He was working at a radio station in Rochester, Minnesota, by the name of KROC. And it was uh, it was during Thanksgiving one year, and uh, his wife at the time was making Thanksgiving dinner, and things weren't quite ready on time. And so I think he was trying to stall us. So he said, um, who wants to go see the radio station? And I did. I was very, very excited because I was very into radio. And... Up until that time, as a small child, I thought that people lived inside the radio, and that's how we got our sound. <laughs> Turns out that's that wasn't it at all. Right. Um, so I wanted to see how it actually worked. So, uh, the rest of my family, I think, was just kind of, yeah, we don't really want to see what's going on there. We don't really care. I was the most excited out of everybody. So we got to the station, and as we got there, I see two guys who are throwing these things called carts, which look like eight-track tapes. And they're juggling them back and forth. It looked like a circus act. It was very cool. Uh, but then Bob is showing me all these different things and, and the way that the radio station works and how much fun these guys are having. That was the thing that, that just amazed me, how much fun radio was. And I said to myself, you know, if I never play football, and I never did, um, I mean, as professionally, if I never play football professionally, this is what I want to do because this is how fun everything is. It just it just seemed to me to, you know, how do you get paid to, to have this much fun? So I thought, well, that's what I'm going to do. And, you know, little Tim went from, you know, thinking that's what I'm going to do to actually doing it. I, it just always stuck with me. That That's that's got to be the thing that I want to do. Right. So I saw you in the blood 
Do <laughs> I actually do radio, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and and essentially from there, it was you know in in high school we didn't have a radio program in in high school, so I did newspaper, which is the closest thing to it. And then when it was time for college, I thought you know I have to. I have to find a, a college that excels in, in a radio program. So that's the first thing I, I looked for. So I went to Winona State University in, in Minnesota, which had an excellent radio and television program. Uh, unfortunately, I ran out of money. <laughs> so uh, I, fin- I finished up at Brown Brown College, or it's now, it was called Brown College for a while. It was Brown, Brown. <laughs> it's not the famous Brown College, but but it was Brown University or Brown State or whatever you want to call it over there in, in Minneapolis. Uh, but the Brown radio program was renowned for, for training radio professionals throughout the country. Um, so that's, that's where I ended up going was Brown and Brown Institute is what they called it. It sounds like it's, it houses mental patients. I know, but, uh, and we all were mental patients at the time. Um, but yeah, I, I, Went to Brown Institute in, in Minneapolis and, and finished up there and got my associates. And, and then I uh, I hit the road and I, I spoke to every cornfield and pig farmer in the, in the Midwest for quite a while. And and then made it back to the Twin Cities and worked in Twin Cities Radio uh, up through the early 2000s. And, and that's when Dave knocked on my door and asked if I wanted to do a paranormal show. So. Right. And you also do Darkness Radio, which have a number I've been a youth fan for a long time. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Still, you're here with us tonight. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. And, you know, Darkness Radio seems like it's been going forever, too. I mean, uh, 2006 is when the show first started, January oh, 1st, wow. 2006. Yeah. It's been very rewarding, very fulfilling. And, I feel and... old now. No, 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 no. <laughs> you feel old. No, ancient. Um, but it's it's one of the most rewarding projects of my entire life and one of those those projects that when you look back on it i mean it, it's it started and i think a lot of people misunderstood when when things happened a year and a half almost two years ago they they thought well this isn't tim's passion project um this isn't you know why would tim take the show over I think a lot of people didn't realize right. <laughs> what a passion I had for for the paranormal, and the fact that I'd been having paranormal experiences since I was young. So, you, know, wait, you mind sharing a few? Sure. I, I mean, I, I think on the show I, I've shared plenty about the one experience that that had happened to me when I was young. But there's there's been plenty. I mean, you know, when I was very very young. One thing that used to astound my my mom was I used to be able to tell her who was at the door or who was calling on the telephone before they even knew. I, I mean, I, I could say the phone would ring and I'd say, Mom, it's Aunt Lorraine on the phone. And she would say, well, okay. And I'd say, well, go pick it up just to, to see if she would pick it up and know that it was my Aunt Lorraine. I wanted to test her to see if she would know, know exactly who it was. And sure enough, it was Aunt Lorraine. You know, well, and I used to get a kick out of out of saying, you know, being right about that. I didn't know what you called it at the time, and and mind you, I was a huge fan of of In Search of with Leonard Nimoy. I thought yeah. that was kind of cool. You know, my mom would call it ESP, I guess, because that was the only um, 
Right. We all have that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all have that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there were little things, little little idiosyncrasies in there. You know, someone would ring the doorbell and I'd think, oh, okay, that's that's probably my friend Steve, although he had not called me from up the block to say he was coming over. You know, sure enough, there's Steve at the door. And we didn't have ring cameras back in, you know, the 70s. Right. So, you know, it's not like I could, you know, look at the ring camera and figure it out. Um, but I've I've had quite a few dream visitations too. Dream visitations. I love those. Yeah, they they intrigue me. They really do. Um, and I know a lot of people are quick to discount dream visitations. Uh, right. But I I really do. I really do believe in them, especially the the more vivid, the better. The one that I don't talk a lot about. Um, actually happened to me when I was working radio in Minneapolis. And I have a good friend who, uh, his name is John. And John it was um, the guy who really was behind Metro Traffic Control. And he, he ended up doing the morning show with his wife at um, KLBB, the station that I, the last, the last station I ended up managing in, um, in Minneapolis. And John, he really died in a sad way. I, I guess. Oh, is, sorry is to way hear that. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm really sorry he did too, because um, John and his wife really had a, a classic love affair, if if you can say that with a, a husband and a wife. The fact that they could go to work together and they could do a morning show together, and they were incredibly happy. But John had had the old-fashioned stomach stapling, mm. you know, and one of those where you really had to watch what you ate. But John loved food. So, you know, I mean, the thing that you end up loving the most ends up killing you. Have you ever heard that that saying? Yeah. Yeah. How do you say that? Because I think I'm allergic to food because every time I eat, I was like, sneeze, like five minutes. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, so, John, the way it worked out was, you know, we used to we used to have a booth at the Minnesota State Fair. We were right there on the on the midway. And um, John would have this habit on the midway. I'm getting a little off track, but I'm setting up where I'm about oh, to no go. No worries. <laughs> um, so when we would do our 10 days at the Minnesota State Fair on the, on the midway, John's favorite thing was uh, cheese curds, a big boat of cheese curds. I'm talking, you know, big solid boat overflowing with cheese curds, which is bad. It's battered cheese. Worst thing that <laughs> someone with a, you Make know. Make me hungry. I'm going it. <laughs> go ahead. And then a. <laughs> tall cup of root beer you know i mean we're talking the homemade root beer right two of the worst things you can have when you've had your stomach stapled and john would wolf it down and then he would pass out like that i mean he'd eat it and then right he's out oh man well it's because his stomach couldn't take it and his system couldn't take it hmm. that that sets up the next the next part the other thing that's dangerous about that is is it can come right back up and you can aspirate. Okay. So John and his wife were fundraising at the time for TPT, which is Twin Cities Public Television, which was another passion of theirs. They, they go to TPT to fundraise and that night there was a meteor shower. John loved watching meteor showers. He goes to the window and they had cats. They had a, a bunch of different cats he absolutely loved. So his wife says, well, I'm going to go to bed. I'm a little tired, honey, from, you know, fundraising. 
And so he says, that's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to sit up and watch the meteor shower with the cats. Well, John liked his little midnight snacks too. So he goes to the fridge, he heats up some tartar, er, heats up some fish sticks and tartar sauce, shares a little with the kitties. He has some fish sticks and some tartar sauce and he washes it down with a little soda, lays down on the couch. He aspirates on the fish sticks and passes away. Oh man. Now keep in mind, John had just beat a major, major infection. Like they used the second to the last known antibiotic in the hospital. John barely lived, but died a couple of weeks later, aspirating on fish sticks and tartar sauce. I mean, this was just tragic stuff, right? Terrible. Yeah. I mean, poetically tragic. So we had a, a, a psychic on the show in the early days. In fact, I had just got an email a couple of weeks ago from a listener who said, you know, you really should have Bob Baca on the show, Robert Baca from Iowa, a, a psychic. Well, we had Bob on in the early days. I love Bob Baca, very accurate psychic. And we're sitting, Dave and I are sitting in the studio. We're talking uh, with Bob Baca and Bob says, it, we're sitting side by side, kind of like you and I are right now, okay, in this frame. And in front of us, there's a blue framed window. We're sitting at the, the board at the production room in, in uh, KLBB. And Bob says, um, there's someone with you there that used to work with Tim. I said, really? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, he starts describing about this, this guy who's there. And he's very happy, very jovial, gives me a name with a J. That's what he says. And he says, yeah, he says the way he died was a mistake. It was just, he was just, you know, slave to his passions. I went, oh, okay. And I'm trying to play it cool and not give him any more. <laughs> he says, well, there's a, there's a message he wants to pass on to his wife. I said, okay. He said, yeah, he, he, um, he said that she's missing a ring. She looks behind the dresser, right down by the, the vent, right down by there. She's just got to move the vent slightly. It's down in the vent. That's where the ring is. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's been there the entire time. And then he says, she's not going to believe you when you tell her this. So give her this nickname. And he gave me a specific nickname to give her. Now, his wife doesn't believe in psychics. In fact, she's, she's a very Christian woman and works at a Christian radio station. Right, there are a lot of skeptics don't believe in us. Yeah, yeah. So I, I give her a call and I say, honey, I, I, I don't know how to tell this to you, but, you know, I've got this new show I'm working on and this, that, and the other. And, and John came through via a psychic. And it's kind of quiet on the other end of the, the phone. And I said, John came through and he said to call you this nickname. And you, she almost dropped the phone. And I said, and your ring is here. And then I gave her the name of a couple of her grandchildren just to, you know, verify, which I didn't know the name of their grandchildren. I, I had no idea, even in the years I worked with both of them. And then I said, I got to let you go, but go look for the ring. Tell me if it's there. Call me back. And, and let me know if he's accurate. Would you do that for me? She said, sure. She looked and she said, oh my God, Tim, not only was it there, 
but right next to the dresser, there's a little statue of an angel that I keep there. And I could have oh, swore. <laughs> yeah, and I could have swore it was John that was looking over that the entire time. So I said, "That's great, hun. That's really great." Well, no sooner do I do I walk her through that, and she finds a ring. But the next night, I have a dream visitation, and it's John, and it's just him thanking me, just thanking me for getting the message across. But it was just the weirdest dream. It was it was this vivid dream of. I'm like walking along a roadside and there's there's grass and it's like this electric green. Hey, Greg, how you doing? <laughs> um, hey, uh, it's this electric green and it doesn't feel real, but it's very vivid, you know, and he pulls up in like this. It's like a cherry red convertible and he stops and he opens the door and he says, hey, kid, hop in. I was like, OK. So I hop in and he says, I really appreciate you telling, you know, telling her everything you had to tell her, but I got one more message for her. And he hands me a post-it note and he gives me, and it's a very private message. I can't tell on the air, but I, I gave her that additional message. And she took that message. It was one more thing she had to find and she found it, but she was really freaked out about it. So we spoke very little oh, in the years <laughs> since then. But she it's not that she hates me or anything like that. She I think she was just weirded out by it, you know? Right. Yeah. Again, she's a very Christian woman. Um, but but yeah, I, you know, I loved them. I, I still love them both to death, you know. But it was just after that, after that one little visitation from John, uh, I felt so much better about things, you know. And and uh, and I I didn't want to freak her out. I didn't want to freak John's wife out, but I'm, I'm afraid I did. That's one of those things that, you know, when people are in different places in life, you you're almost afraid to tell them. You, yeah. you feel obligated, but you you know. And that's the same way when you do readings on the air. But I prefer to do private readings because you can't say certain things on the air. Yeah. yeah. You know. You know what I mean. Yeah. But I've had different experiences like that 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 are really cool. Um, but oh yeah. But sometimes, uh, sometimes they're fit for public consumption, and sometimes they're not. They're, I've had a lot of experiences exactly. that I don't feel like they're fit for public consumption, so I don't talk about them. You know. Right. Yeah, I that had some is. of those type of dreams as well. In fact, uh, one I remember my grandfather is to me. And I didn't even know he passed. And so I call up my stepmother. And she's like, I think she, she got freaked out because she already talks to me now. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, sure enough. Yep, he passed. Like, okay. I just want that closure, you know. Yeah. I didn't yeah. want to freak her out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that's that's a lot of what it is. It's, <laughs> you know, wanting wanting someone to to have that little bit of closure but then you know that can be a double-edged sword too sometimes people True. don't get that closure sometimes they want to know more and you're yeah, you know yeah. with me i'm not that person i'm not the i'm not the one to give them that closure you know i i i just happen to have a dream you know yeah so. i have quite a few of those even my late husband and uh mostly my late husband and my friend and my friend parents mm -hmm. Not my father yet. He passed in 2018. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, brain cancer. Oh, I'm sorry. The worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, felt bad for not being there, but yeah, no, he's a better place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very true, very true. Yeah, it, it's um, it's it's a mixed bag. You know, I've I've had the main experiences I've had have been dream visitations. So I, and I've had quite a few of them. Um, you know, mainly with relatives and, and like with John, with the odd friend, I've had a dream visitation. I don't, uh, I should, I, I won't say I look forward to them, but they're interesting when they happen. Right. So, and the same with premonitions, mostly good or bad. Mine is mostly bad news, but yeah. They're mostly bad news, really? Yeah. It's like death premonitions. I would see death. Really? Okay, now this yeah. is fascinating. I, I, it freaks I gotta... me out. <laughs> yeah. Now what? Okay, what do you what do you see when you when you see someone's death premonition? Is it is it the I same am, thing every time? It's different every time. For example, um, I had a dream about someone like flying across a road, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're being chased, let's say from the police, right? They're being chased all of a sudden. They drowned in the ocean. The whole, the whole car went right into the ocean and they drowned. Whoa. And a mutual friend of mine said she saw that in her news. Wow. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know that I could live with a, a, a gift of death premonition because how do you how do you address somebody when you know that they're gonna die? I kind of keep it to myself and I didn't want to freak them out. I don't think they would believe me or not. Well, and, and do you change, you know, do you potentially change somebody's death date that way by going up to them and saying, yeah. hey, you know, something potentially bad could happen to you? Yeah, hopefully they'll, they'll hear your message, but yeah. I wish I can't see my death, but I don't know if I can handle them. I don't know. See mine. I haven't seen mine yet, but I can see others. You know, there's a there's a DJ here in the Twin Cities. At least he used to be on, and here in the Twin Cities, he's he's around here somewhere. Um, <laughs> I see you, Robert. I had a dream that Kirk Cousins will win MVP in the Super Bowl this year. No, you didn't. <laughs> Kirk Cousins ended up tanking the season. The Vikings ended up four and twelve this year. I know what you're doing. Um, oh well. Uh, so they're trying to get me here, Nikki. They're trying. To get me. Um, they're trying sorry, to get me. Riled, they're trying to get me riled up. Uh, there was a DJ by the name of Tony Fly here in the Twin Cities who used to play a game on the air with um, what's it, uh, Gary, what's his name? He, he had the big Buffon wig. It was this big. It was white. Um, <laughs> got to egg me on. Yep, I know, Robin. Um, Ben's in the room. Hi, Ben. Ben was our first intern, by the way, on Darkness. Hi, Radio. Ben. Yeah, intern Ben. Nice. Um, so, uh, Ben, what was the name of the, the guy, the, the psychic with the Gary Spivey? Thank Gary you, Ben. Spivey. Yeah, so Gary Spivey used to play this game with Tony Fly. It was uh, the, um, it was, uh, when do you, do you want to hear when you're going to die or how you're going to die? And I used to hate listening to that game on the, on the air. I think hmm. he did it back on, it was 101.3, right? Right, Ben? I think it was. It was across the hallway from us. Um, and then they, they took the game to day, uh, uh, Dave's show in the morning, not Dave Schrader, but Dave, mm -hmm. uh, their, their morning guy. Um, 
And oh, that made me cringe. Just and people would call in. You wouldn't believe how many people, Nikki, would call in and want to hear. Yep, Katie I believe uh, would want to would want to hear uh, when do you want to die or how do you want? And phone lines would blow up, and, and I, I would go no 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 because you're just bringing it on yourself. The minute you manifest that, even if this exactly. guy, if he's pardon my language, I wouldn't want to know if he's full of you know what or he's full of s or he's actually dead on. You've just manifested that date. Don't, don't you think so? Oh, yeah. A lot of attraction works both ways. You know, it proved me wrong and right every time. <laughs> oh, oh date, yes. Thank you, Greg. Dave Ryan in the morning. So eventually Gary comes on. He starts doing that bit on Dave Ryan in the morning. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Ben is my 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 memory for me uh, having switched up here. You know why? It's full of useless crap right up here. Yeah, I, I hear you in the age, you know. No, never mind. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> I've got a bunch of useless crap floating around in my head from 30 years ago. I hear you. <laughs> I could probably tell you what kind of cheese is the least popular in Wisconsin, but I have it's no like, idea. I walk yeah. in the room and like, what do I want to hear? And I walk back out and the back in. Oh, yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> I probably have all of Casey Kasem's top 40s memorized for 30 years, but I can't tell you, you know, what uh, what the guy across the hall's name was uh, from right. me. Um, but just that manifestation of when or how, when or how, when or how used to fr freak me out. And then, but they couldn't tolerate having a paranormal show across the hall from, them. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's just it's it's kind of funny that way. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't want to know. My own death. I would drive me nuts, actually. <laughs> do you think? Do you think it changes the way you live if you knew? Um, possibly. It's, you know, the future is never certain because everything always changes. You know, I had when I had my ablation surgery in February. I didn't quite let on to a lot of people how serious my heart stuff was, but mm -hmm. I it changed the way I lived after. After I had the before and after I had the surgery. After I had the surgery, I I did, changed, it changed a lot of the way I lived. Yeah, it does. I totally understand because I had helpful open heart surgery myself. Yeah. When I was younger, so. Yeah, and it really does. I mean, you mm -hmm. that's a that's a big step, especially when you're younger to have that. And it's a game changer. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is, and and you you start to realize just how short time is and how valuable life is and. You, you really, you know, what, uh, let's see, Ben says, if I was told I'm going to die in a plane crash, I think I would avoid flying. Well, yeah, true, yeah. true. I, yeah, I think most people, if they were told they were going to die a certain way, would avoid certain things, for sure. Like, you, sometimes I would hear this voice say, they brought that way. And, and at one time, I even got lost in the woods. I don't know if I told you this, but... um. I got lost in the woods, and uh, I kept hearing these voices tell me to go a certain way. And then um, after that, I was found by an elderly couple, and they turned me in to the ranger station. And it's like, and I asked them how long was I gone, and they said, for about an hour. Really? I didn't tell exactly what I was hearing. You know, it's a bad thing you were hearing voices. But <laughs> huh. so that's how I managed to survive, you know, on my own. Wow. 
Yeah, wow. I did, after that, I realized I could hear spirits, possibly. Yeah. I, you know, I've had, it's it's kind of scary to say, well, I heard voices and then I got out. Because uh, people will go, oh, I bet you did hear voices. Because uh, that's, that's. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, but, but you do hear occasionally when you are in, in, some sort of trauma or panic, you will hear that voice and you wonder if it's an internal voice that you hear, like right. a, almost like a, a guidance system for lack of a better term, or if it's an outer or an outer voice, uh, you know, a, a guide, uh, some sort of spirit guide. Either or some guide sort or of... I call in my angels because I can connect with angels. Yeah. And yeah. I've seen them quite a few. <laughs> I wish I would. I, you know, I've never, I've never they seen a guide. Huge. I've never seen an angel. I've never seen anything like that. That's come along and smacked me upside the head and said, Hey, dumbass, you know, go ahead and, and do this now. Um, because you, you, you know, it's right in front of you and you, you're not seeing it for yourself. I even try to film them over here sometimes. Yeah. I know them. <laughs> See, I, you know, I've, I've been told by, I, I've had readings the last couple of years from um, Brian Danhausen. And mm -hmm. he's told me multiple times, oh, no, you have m many, many people around you. But none of them ever tap me on the shoulder and say, again, hey, dumbass. <laughs> uh, you know, and there's just nobody outwardly contacting me. I, I wish they would. Yeah, and they're here for sure. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. I won't be here. I think. <laughs> huh? Can you tell me who's around? Huh? Can you tell me who's around? You mean around me or around you? There's people around. Uh, around me. Oh, okay. Is, all I, I, have tell. Is, I have yeah. a Timmy lunchbox and a bunch of belts <laughs> around me, but evidently I don't have anybody around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, but I, I kind of hoping and wishing there was somebody around me, but I guess not. Anywho. I am sensing a female around you. Really? Yeah. Kind of a hit with the ladies. Okay. <laughs> I know I'm the same way with a guy. He's dying around all the time. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I have one that actually followed me from my work one time. Whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. Now you're talking a spirit guy following you home from work? No, an actual ghost. An actual annoying ghost. Really? <laughs> I was trying to work. I worked in this grocery store for many years. Uh -huh. And all of a sudden, I just felt like I thought it was a buzz at first because it kept going by my face. And I have bangs back in. They kept playing with my bangs. I was like, okay, I can't do nothing now. I'm at work. <laughs> so later on... <laughs> Later that evening, I called my friend Kimberly and he shout out. She's also a paranormal investigator. And um, so um, so we did a spirit box session, you know, the SB7. Okay. And so all of a sudden, so I go, who's messing my, my hair today? And we heard a female shout, like, real loud, say, stop it, right? <laughs> really? Yeah. Not only did we get a name, but we got it from his girlfriend in Philly. <laughs> hmm. We called his jealous girlfriend EVP. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. We think it's funny now, but Matt didn't kind of freak me out. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> no. No. I, you know, I, I, huh, never had anything like that. I, you know, no, I've had, I had quite a few moments. <laughs> I, I have a lot of spirits, malevolent spirits that swear at me. 
I get oh, a lot wow. of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a lot of people play back EVP that say, you know, the spirit is really pissed off at you. That's nice. I, I, I get sworn at in the afterworld. <laughs> no, it's something like if I, they know your name or they swear it is. Oh, they, they know my name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had, uh, I've told this before in the show, I had a, a friend when we came back from Gettysburg who was uh, near oh, the Oh, that's on my bucket list. Yeah, the Gettysburg? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were staying, we were all at the Eisenhower Hotel for uh, for Phenomenology. Oh, wow. And there was, a, there was a ghost hunt across the parking lot in the house across huh? from the, the hotel. And there have been a few work crews that have been chased out of that house because it's had some hauntings. Um, they have to swear <laughs> you or you ignore them, Tim. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. you're right. <laughs> I was worried about that. Um, but, but, uh, so these, these work crews have been chased out quite a few times. They could never finish the renovation of this house across the way. It was meant to be like a private house for someone to rent out when they had overflow from the hotel. Right. And so we were allowed to go investigate it because it was such a creepy aura in there. And so we went in to investigate it. There was a group of, I think, maybe eight to 10 of us, and we had split up from top floor to bottom floor. And we're in there, and I was kind of backing away from the group that I was with because I wanted them to get something. I tend to be a paranormal cooler at times. I tend to cool down the room. So I went into the kitchen while they're over in the living room by the fireplace. I don't know why a spirit would be at a fireplace. I don't know. Maybe it's the, I have no idea. Um, so I'm in the kitchen and they're doing an EVP session and I'm looking around at the new appliances they've put in and they weren't reviewing their evidence or they weren't, you know, they weren't doing two minute cycles and reviewing or anything like that. Well, finally, my friend gets home and she calls me up and says, you have to hear this EVP. Oh my God, it is so scary. It is so freaky. And I'm like, okay, what is it? And she plays it back. And they say, do you have a message for anybody that's in this group? And I hear in this low growl, kill that fucking Dennis. I'm like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> she goes, you're happy about that? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, why? And I go, because I got acknowledged. <laughs> I'm like, what are they going to do? I'm gone. And it makes you feel special. It's how I was up. Yeah. I don't mind. I think it's cool. And then when we were at the Stanley Hotel, uh, I was I was only walking by the. Um, gosh, Ben, were you at this trip? You might have been. Uh, the one where I'm walking by the the uh, from the main house, you walk by the the manor house, and then you're on your way to the you're on your way to the theater there uh, at the at the end. And as I'm walking on the sidewalk. Um, they're there investigating on the top floor and they're using, um, an ovilus and it kept saying, uh -huh. Tim, 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 Tim. That was the first Stanley trip. Whoa. You're right. Ben. Yep. You were there, <laughs> but it kept saying, Tim, Tim, Tim. Wow. So, walking by. Yeah. so hmm. yeah, there you go. I sort of got it right, Ben. I, I my memory's a little Swiss cheese. Either That's why you're here, Ben. Know you or <laughs> they you remember know. you. Right. So. Well, it's that was hard. the first first time we were there, so they couldn't have remembered. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they obviously know you or something. Yeah. Well, or they they had gotten to know me throughout the weekend. I have no idea, but they recognized. Possibly. Me. Yeah. So, but yeah, I get named a lot. 
uh, I don't think it's a friendly named. I think it's just a they don't like me type deal. Huh. So, that's yeah. strange. Ghosts consider me a dick, guys. That's that's what it is. <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a dick to ghosts. I think they that like me. Ben says that was the <laughs> that the elevator ghost came after my group. Oh, that's right. Oh wow. Remember that? Yeah. That was uh that wasn't little Lord Fauntleroy in the uh <laughs> or whatever his name is. Uh Lord what's his name? Um I call him little Lord Fauntleroy. I can't even remember his name. Um the the not Dunraven, that wasn't his name, was it? God, what was his name? Hmm. I don't know. I'm so horrible when it comes There's to something about my... creepy elevators. I've never liked when I was at Queen Mary, we mm -hmm. had to take that elevator. Oh yes. my god, I nearly passed out. <laughs> The Queen Mary's an interesting beast in itself. And it's reopened. Yeah. Oh, it is reopened now. Yes. Okay. Are I'm they, they did there. Are they allowing investigation? You know, I'm not sure. I have to call and find out. Yeah. I'm just itching to go back there. They've had a series of owners that have absolutely not wanted anybody on the I board. have quite a few experiences on that ship. I've been there up and all in my life. And uh, my grandparents used to work on that ship. Really? Yeah, well, it's an operation, I believe. It's in a near engine room. Okay. So they told me stories about the those girls, uh -huh. you know? And yep. I haven't seen her or experienced her, but I know of a, a group that seen her while I was on tour <laughs> and told me about it. So I'm like, cool. Wow. So, yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah, we, we, gosh, Ben, we, we were doing the... Queen Mary trips, what, three times a year for quite a few years? Oh, wow. Oh, oh, 07 through, I think, 14. So it's been a few years since we... Oh, we went there. all across the ship from Malibu. <laughs> I'm so glad I wore my tennis shoes, man. Yeah. A lot of walking. That is a lot of walking. Yeah, and, and walking Ooh. across those, those, uh, those floors, yeah, that was a, that was a, oh, yeah. Website says they are doing haunted encounters. Says. I did that. I did that tour. Yep. Yeah. So, but that doesn't sound like full blown ghost hunting over there. That's for sure. No. I think they you can do solo, you know, ghost hunting there. So I'm gonna try to do that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, if they open it back up, that'd be kind of fun. But yeah. Yeah. But I I suppose even if they did, I think they're still gonna the they're still going to close down the the pool area. That's what I had heard. The last the last time it was open, I think they had they weren't allowing people down by the pool. Or the I engine. got to go in there once, and I had a previous you know feeling and goosebumps the entire time. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to stay that long. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's it's not a friendly area. No, no. But uh, yeah, it, I like the Queen Mary too. Queen Mary was very good to us. That's for sure. It has a lot of history, also, you know, history and paranormal. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Ben says, pretty sure they don't advertise the solo private stuff if they actually do it anymore. You're probably right, Ben. I don't think they, I don't think they do either. Yeah, that's for sure. That is for sure. You know who? I got you. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you know who might know is Bob Davis, I'm sure. Probably, he probably yeah. still has his contacts over there. And they let us wander in the uh, most haunted room that mm -hmm. you can stay in. And when I first got in there, 
I kept having this feeling of energy, and they told I told the investigators in there, get your devices, and they went off right around me. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I. Gosh, I'm trying to think. Most haunted room I've ever been in. I forget what room that was. But yeah, supposed to be the most haunted room on that ship. See, I I stayed on. I stayed in one room where I did see a red, like a, a physical red glowing orb flying around. Oh wow! In the Queen Mary. I've actually stayed in the Stephen King suite at the at the uh, at the Stanley, although nothing happened. I but saw, I I had the TV on all night. So. Oh, going back to Queen Mary, I saw my first shadow person there. Oh yeah. Okay. And so I told the local ghost hunters team, and they actually caught it. It was in the engine room. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. Um, stayed in quite a few haunted rooms, but not seen much. Again, they don't. They don't like to hang out and sleep with me. I guess, Nikki. Yeah, there's something about that. I don't know. Oh, they they bothered me throughout the night. I was finally just had to set my batteries. <laughs> if yeah. I don't, they'll buzz me the entire night. Oh, <laughs> I can't be comfortable. No. Nope. I did hear, although when I was in the Stephen King suite, I did hear kids running up and down the hall the entire night. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did hear that. And that's on my best list. I almost got to go there one time. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of bucket the- list, do you oh. have a bucket list? Do I have a bucket list? Um, I do still have a bucket list. Uh, ben asked me, what about the Palmer House? We'll get to that, Ben, here in a bit. Oh, I've heard um, of that. As far as my bucket list... Um, hmm, things I still want to see, yes. Uh, either here or abroad, or... catacombs in France. Well, yeah, no, um, there's a lot of things overseas I want to see. I have a lot of things overseas. Uh, the Tower of London, oh, yeah, yeah, like to be, I like to go there. Um, uh, they have the coolest buildings, you know, yeah, yeah, and they're very old, and you know, who knows. You know what you spent there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Um, I'm trying to think of the n- name of the place in San Diego. I could, I know. Uh, Alcatraz. Well, Alcatraz as well. Yeah, I've been uh, there. Alcatraz <laughs> is one. Is one, but there's a Winchester and the Whaley Hill. Yes, the Whaley is one of them. Whaley's one of them. I got to um, see it, but I didn't have time to go through it. I wish Jesse Limekeeler would throw out uh, an invite to his winery. That would be fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, Winchester Mystery House. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah Winchester. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I went through there. Did you? Yeah. I yep. tell you, I would have gotten lost if it wasn't for a tour guide. <laughs> and she let me take pictures when I really? usually prohibited, you know. Yeah. So I didn't ask, you know. Yep. So they let me. Um, so I was like, well, <laughs> you you got yourself an experience there. That's really cool. That was good. Um, Rose Hall in, in Jamaica. <gasps> when I was there the last time, I was able to practically walk up to it, but not not go in it in uh, Montego Bay. Um, my one dream trip, if I could organize it, would be to go to uh, Rose Hall. It would be to do a Jamaican paranormal trip. Oh wow, never heard of that. Yeah. And and that whole deal. Yeah. 
So yeah, huh. that, and to do it in the middle of winter so we could all get the hell out of Minnesota. <laughs> that would be, Bye. that would be, uh, I think that would be my, my uh, dream destination. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, so uh, Palmer trip. Um, okay. I, I think the one you're talking about, Ben, is the, uh, you're talking about the time I was on my knee caddy and the, the, the shadow person running away from me. Is that the one you're talking about? Cause there are a couple different experiences. There's the one, I think Ben was in the basement with us too. When the, when the shadow person or not, it was the elemental, I think that was playing with us. Oh, wow. We've had a couple different experiences at the, uh, yep. Okay. So there's a couple different things that happened at the Palmer house. Palmer house is incredibly active in, here in uh, Sox. Was that it? Is, oh, that's in Minnesota. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's been featured on ghost adventures. Um, okay. Yeah. So let's start with the basement. Sure. I'm trying to remember if Ben. Oh, was, I don't like basements either. <laughs> Go ahead. That basement is something else. That basement will scare the you know what out of you. Um, that yeah. basement is uh, is the deal, Ben. I'm trying to remember. There's some good haunted spots in Oregon. Robert says. Okay. Well, hey, just point them out to me, man. I'm out there. Basement hey. was creepy. The only place that Ben ever got scratched was in that basement. Um, oh. Supposedly, there was a dead body in that basement, if I remember right. Um, wow. But I don't remember if the bones were exhumed, Ben, or not. That part I don't remember. I'd have to ask Kelly. Um, but the rumor is is that the spirit that's down there is an elemental. And that's, that's what I've heard, at least. Um, but whatever it is, it's a very powerful spirit that's down there and when you go down there i mean i things rarely if ever touch me i got touched i did feel like a like a brushing oh, I hate that. yeah that spider web type feeling yes okay yeah ben says in the closed up well i don't think they took out the bones that's right that's right okay. oh wow so um i felt like a like a like a little touch there were like six of us standing in a circle down in the basement we were all just kind of seeing what we could feel my mom had her purse tugged like almost out of her arms she was standing next to me hmm. um i think my girlfriend at the time got her hair pulled and then like uh -huh. i felt like something brushing on the back of my neck like almost like not even touching my neck it was almost like it was in my energy field you know how you have like this like little, that tickling yeah, yeah 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 that tickling like right down the energy field type deal um, and then it was like, it went like right down the line, boom, 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 in a circle and messed with everybody. And, and then it was like, I don't remember who it was in the circle. It was just kind of like, didn't give permission. And then it went away. Um, oh, wow. and then, gosh, I'm trying to think here. And then the, the, the second incident was, uh, you know, I have this, this Charcot foot, which is with Charcot foot, you know, your leg bone goes through your ankle and your foot. And I was having an incident where I, I couldn't put very much weight on the foot because I was casted up. I believe I was casted up for that, that trip. Mm. Um, and I was on a knee caddy. And so I was sitting in the corner of the cafe and I, I had people coming in and out and I was supervising the the people who were investigating in the cafe. Well, the cafe was particularly active that night and especially back in the kitchen. So 
you'll hear like shadow people playing around with pots and pans. I don't know. Maybe they never got an easy bake oven as a kid. I have no idea why they're playing back in the, in the, in the cafe, but you hear pots and pans banging back there. And I was asking different groups that were coming in and out of the, the cafe to investigate with me. I, I would say, well, do you want to go back there and check it out? And of course I have these people sitting around going, no, would you pay all this money to come up here for? Don't you go back there and check it out. No, no, not really. Oh, okay. All right. We'll just sit here then. You know, I, I, I never understand people like being right on the precipice. It's like going to Disneyland and being right there and Mickey Mouse is 50 feet away. And don't you want to go up and take a picture with him? No, no. Okay. I did it anywhere. <laughs> you just, you did the exact same thing? No, no. I, I, I actually did a picture with Mickey Mouse and managed. You took a picture with Mickey. Okay. Oh, I thought you passed that up. <laughs> you can't pass it up. If Mickey's no. right there, go take a picture. Okay, of how old I am, I still do it. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, the <laughs> I'm good bro makes me laugh every time. That's right, Ben. It makes me laugh too. So you you got a, you got something playing back in the kitchen. You might as well go play, right? Right. I mean, that's that's the theory. But people were going, no, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. No, no. So I'm like, I got to go see what this is. So between groups, you know, Dave yells, switch. So everybody switches out, you know, their, their positions in the, in the Palmer. I'm like, well, God damn it. I'm going to go back and see what's back there. So I decide I'm going to get a little playful. So I hop on my, my knee caddy and the way the counter sits up. So when you come in the door, say the door is here and the counter is over this way and uh -huh. it goes this way. And then the door for the, the galley is here to go back into the kitchen. So I'm rolling my little ass this way <laughs> down, the, down the, the lunch counter. And then you have to turn to go into the kitchen. You have to go behind the counter into the kitchen. So as I'm rolling up towards the, the door, the swinging door to go to the, the, into the galley to, to go to or the kitchen to go talk to the whatever's back there, I'm playing with it like it's a little kid because the entire time we've been asking it to bang on pots and pans and it would do it on command. So we'd say, oh, wow. if you want us to come play with you, bang on the pots and pans twice and you'd hear ding, ding. Okay. So it wants to play. So I'm wheeling back there and I go, okay, I'm coming back there. If you want me to come back there, bang on the pots twice. And I'd hear bing, bing. All right, I'm coming back. So I'm wheeling back there. I'm like, I'm almost there. Do you want me to come back there? Bang on the pots three times. Bing, bing, bing. All right, wow. I'm almost there. I'm turning the corner. Do you want me to come back there? Bang on the pots twice. And I hear bing, like, oh, shit, he's almost there. And it was kind of a bing, like, maybe not. Well, just as I'm about to turn the corner, I'm right on the corner of the lunch counter. I'm right here. Door's right here. I'm right here. All of a sudden, I see this shadow person run through the, the swinging door and go, <laughs> you know, kind of like stop and sees me. And then, so I'm here, shadow person goes, whoa, and then boom, just oh, wow. away and goes <laughs> through the wall of the, of the Palmer house, right? Huh. And just as he runs through the back wall of the Palmer house, two guys are behind me going, did you see that dude? <laughs> well, yeah, I saw it. I've been, you know, rolling towards it the entire time while you guys were out switching, coming in here. So they go running after it and they're clicking off flashbulbs, what you're going to click off flashbulbs towards a shadow with and catch, I don't know. You're just washing out a shadow. It reminds me when I 
when I saw a white mist back here one time, mm -hmm. and I actually almost ran into it, and then we just passed each other. <laughs> and I saw it on film, and I thought that was funny. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> it settles me, even though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't uh, I don't know but I, I don't get I don't get why why people show up for the dance and don't want to put on their boogie shoes I got no idea yeah that's why I never like yes it's boring <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah that's the uh, that's the Palmer House well which, yeah I'll have which, to go there someday yeah if if you've never been if the hmm. the people who are here listening right now have never been or watching right now have never been um, I encourage you. Because it's it's quite active and, and quite a neat little deal. Just think the Stanley, but smaller. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's got a similar layout. It's got uh, similar activity. It's yeah, and it's it's quite active. So. Yeah. Hopefully, when you travel there, when you think. <laughs> yeah, um, I'd go in in spring, summer, or fall. I wouldn't spring. go in the middle of winter. You'll uh, right. <laughs> especially if you're Californian, Nikki. You'll uh, you'll freeze your your took us off. Yeah. Oh, we used to live in Lake Tahoe, so we lived in the snow for a while. Oh, you have no idea, sweetie. You have no idea. <laughs> and it's it's rougher than that, right? <laughs> one of the trips we did up there, 26 degrees below zero. That was just the oh, air temp. Ouch. That was not that was not even the wind chill. So yeah, no, go go in summer. Yeah, yeah, take your word on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go in summer. It's <laughs> it's not uh, it's not uh, meant for man or beast in winter. Um I know I have a couple more questions off. Sure, go ahead. Talk in my head before I forget again. Mm -hmm. What would be your advice for anyone in mainstream in this field or broadcasting? Oh boy, my advice as far as broadcasting in this day and age. There's <laughs> or more without. Well, there, there's you know there's a ton of competition. There's more competition now than when I first got into the industry. Oh yeah, I bet. So. My first bit of advice, put on blinders and don't worry about anybody else. And, and you've got to develop your own style. Don't try to be anybody else. Be yourself. Be yourself, put on blinders and work hard. You have to work hard. Um, oh, yeah. But, but find a mentor, too, that's been in the business for a long time so that you can learn some of the basics. I'll tell you something. There are a lot of. And sure. this isn't slamming anybody, but there's a lot of sloppy broadcasting out there. And there's a lot of sloppy, there's just a lot of sloppy work out there. So I told you I've had some bloopers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, bloopers <laughs> we were talking about bloopers before the show. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of things that will happen on air and, and it happens, you know. Um, but there's, you've always got to be studying your craft. And you always have to right. be striving to get better. So, you know, for me, I'm always looking at the work of the people that I grew up admiring. And then I, I, I look at people that are out there now that I admire, that I, I look at and I see an interview and I go, man, that's such a great interview. And then I break down what it is they did that I like so much. And then... um. I, I, you know, I, I, I take it in, I figure out what it is that they did that worked and what they did that I didn't like so much that didn't work. And I try to incorporate what it is that, that worked maybe into what I do. 
um, but never stop learning, always incorporate new things, you know, throw away, don't be afraid to throw away what doesn't work in your game. Cause man, I've, I've thrown away a lot too, um, over the years. There's, there's a lot I've thrown away and, and constantly work at yourself. Never be afraid to, to change. Change is always important. You, you have to keep changing because the, the game right. moves so fast. Everything moves so fast. Technology moves That's fast. Uh, the, the way the industry changes moves so quickly. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I'll give you an example. Um, uh -huh. There are people in the radio industry that still hate podcasting. There are people in the TV industry that hate podcasting. They hate what we're doing right here, right now. They absolutely hate it. They think that this is going to go away within two years. You know, this has never stopped since 2004. This hasn't stopped. Right. And in fact, podcasting makes more ad dollars than radio right now. But there are a lot of radio people that will tell you, oh, podcasting will die a quick death. And it hasn't. When we left iHeartRadio, I hope it don't. <laughs> when we left iHeartRadio for podcasting, I was told mm -hmm. by the by the program director at the time, "Good luck. You won't make any money at it." I never went back to radio full time. That tells you, wow, that the ad dollars are not in radio. They just aren't. Right. But you have to keep yourself open, available and keep an open mind as to where the next trend is and where the format is going to be in broadcasting because it's not always going to be in the traditional medium that you grew up loving. I grew up loving radio, <laughs> but radio doesn't listen to people and it doesn't listen to what people want. People don't want broad programming. They want, to, they want to hear things that are in their interest. They want to be able to pick and choose. And radio doesn't allow you to pick and choose. So it's going to be a dinosaur. That's all there is to it. That's sad because I, I love the format. Yeah, and it's got to be a passion, right? It's, yeah. Then it's not there, you know. Yeah. And, and I know the other thing I would, I would tell a broadcaster too, and you're right about the passionate thing, maintain your passion. Even if it means you have to take a step back every once in a while, maintain your right. passion. Because if you do this half-assed, you're going to fail. If you do it half-assed or you're doing it for any other reason other than the fact that you love it, you're going to fail. It's going to happen every single time. And out of many, you know, time where I feel like I want to quit because I know I don't have the greatest voice or, you don't you know, have to. I sound uh, like a 14-year-old boy. It, it has nothing to do with voice. It has nothing to do with, it has everything to do with delivery. It has everything to do with, with the passion in your, in your voice and what you're doing. And people can tell whether you're happy on air or, or whether you are miserable. Right. And they know if you're enjoying what you do and if you're engaged in what you do, that's all it takes. You don't have to. There's no such thing as a radio voice anymore. There really isn't. Right. You know? It's like an instrument. I play the piano and I know my song. I play the piano. Mm -hmm. It makes me happy. Yeah. yeah. As well as being a podcast. Exactly. Uh, ben says, don't be upset if you get fired when the station changes management. That just means you're a real broadcaster now. That's right. 
That's right. In content presence and yep. mood. That's exactly right, Ben. Content presence and mood. And sure. you just keep hammering away. You have to be persistent. And a lot of times, I don't know if we're running out of time, but a lot we of times, I either want to go by scripted or just go with the flow. I like to go with the flow. Well, I there's a. Now that I do it more, I just do it with the flow. If, you, if you're just starting out, that's a little dangerous. I, I will tell you this right, if right. you're just starting out, have, have an outline whenever you sit down, know yeah. where you're going. Otherwise, it becomes becomes dangerous because you you trip yourself up. I'll, I'll tell you the best yeah. the best thing I ever did was was engineer for for Ian Punnett for almost two years on Coast to Coast AM because I got oh, wow. to see how he did his interviews. When he would interview an author, he'd sit down with a book, and in that huh. book he would have little post-it notes flagged in his in that book in the different chapters and on each one of those post-it note flags was a, a question or just a few little words on each one of those flags and it was a reminder of what he was going to ask that author now he didn't necessarily go in order because he was going where the conversation took him but in here right. he knew exactly where he was going to go and then he had sheets and those sheets would tell him you know based on quarter hour where he was going to try and take that guest but if that guest had an interesting point he would side rail or sidebar and take that interesting point and develop it because the idea is you're having a conversation. If you and I are sitting here having a conversation and people are engaged, well, screw it. They're going to turn it off. They're going to go do something else. Yeah. But if we're having a good conversation, they're going to be engaged. They're going to want to listen. So he'll take the author to that interesting place and then he'll get back on track. And then we'll start talking about what it is we want to talk about. Yeah, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. So th there's there's ways to conduct an interview where you can grab somebody's attention, bring them in, get the information out that you need to get out, sell the book or sell the movie or sell whatever it is you're selling. But then at the same right. time, make this intriguing for the listener. And that's what it has to be. It has to be or or the viewer, whoever it is that you've got in front of you. If you don't do it, you're not doing anybody a service. You're not doing your your audience a service you're not doing yourself a service it doesn't make any sense for you to be there that's true but see i already had to forget what i wanted to oh. what i wanted to say sometime uh but but yeah have a plan uh, every time you yeah. sit down to have a guest on the on the air there you have to have a goal you know um you're having them on for a i do have my notes you know just in case you know i have my notes up here but yeah, but anyway, we're talking with Tim Dennis, and I hope you all enjoyed our show. Where, where can everybody find you? Oh, uh, well, it's uh, awesome. relatively simple. Um, if you have no idea where to find Darkness Radio whatsoever, if you just go to darknessradioshow.com, everything is linked there. Not only the co-hosts of the program, but myself as well. All our social media sites are on there, um, and the archives of the program are all there as well. Uh, Greg Greg had something on here. He says there, there's a couple of radio personalities that have YouTube programs now uh, when got terminated when the station switched to sports betting programming, which to oh, me wow. is like watching paint dry. You want sports betting programming, go read a sheet <laughs> or go on the internet. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, Greg. Yeah, that, it's uh, that's horrible. Um, yeah, 
radio is it just doesn't get it. it it's either uh it's trying to be a playlist which i can go get on spotify or it's it's trying to give me generic talk radio which uh oh thank you facebook user i've been listening to dark radio awesome. for years appreciate it thank yeah, you so thanks, much. Guys. um th- there's radio hasn't grasped this in that in the old days of talk radio talk radio almost as exciting as golf commentary. Hey, I'll have you know, Ben, I get good naps to golf commentary. (laughs) It's wonderful. You just open the windows on a nice spring day, you get golf commentary going, you will sleep like a baby. Um, Although I love playing golf more and I love watching it. I love golf too. I played it for special Olympics. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I love playing golf. I I just can't listen to Jim Nance. He bores me to tears. Um, But... (laughs) Sorry, Jim Nance. Uh, not like we'll ever have lunch ever. Um, now that I say that, he'll probably call me next week. Uh, but when it comes to, uh, Greg, when it comes to the, the point of actual radio, they have to homogenize everything, get it down to boil to the biggest demographic. And that's what a programmer's thinking of. And you know that. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Right. right. But in doing that, they've made the biggest mistake. And now the iHeart model mm-hmm. is the European model. They're going to try and give you Ryan Seacrest in every damn market in in the country and for a morning show nobody wants to hear ryan seacrest in 200 300 markets ryan seacrest can't tell me what my weather is going to be this morning he can't right. tell me how the twins did yesterday although i'm willing to bet they lost and the fact of the matter is is ryan seacrest can't tell me anything about what's going on in minneapolis st paul and it's a mistake it's just a mistake oh yeah so there's my little soapbox as far as radio goes and, and programming. And that's where it's it's going to fail. Now, where podcasting comes in and where it's a beautiful thing is if you want to find out all that stuff about your local community, you do have a podcast probably in your mm-hmm. local community that's keeping you up on all that stuff. There's a podcast for everyone. Right. And you're going to find it. And they're going to love your business. They're going to love the fact that you're dedicated they're going to love you they're probably going to get to know you by name and they're going to listen to your email i hope so oh yeah absolutely every small broadcaster loves their audience if they're worth their salt and are going to be around for a while they love their audience i love my audience yeah so do i so the fact of the matter is and and they'll listen and they'll interact so you know what it bring it on that that's you know what? Let radio die a horrible death, and we'll continue trudging on. That's 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 the name of the game. So, uh, right. And thanks to apps these days, we can know one of my favorite podcasts on the app. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of apps, we'll be on Audible oh, uh, after the right. show. Okay. We'll be iTunes everywhere. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. There you go. Replay. <laughs> and, and that's that's the other beauty of podcasting too is that it's available in multiple exactly. formats. So. You know, you, you as as opposed to YouTube. Yeah, there you go. And the aforementioned iHeartRadio. Uh, hey, from Manchester, England. Well, howdy, in American. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that. thank you so much, Virgil, for tuning in tonight. So, yeah. Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. And we're just about ready to wrap it up. So I, I think you had so a couple of questions time. here, Nikki. I'm waiting for the couple of questions. You said you had a couple. <laughs> Do you have any more? Uh, I'm game. You I can have me for another think- few minutes if you want. Oh, yeah, I think I kind of number one. Has anything ever followed you? No, thank, no, like, thank God. No. I learned a very long time ago from John Zaffis um, how to just leave it leave it at the doorstep. And and more than just John Zaffis, but a few other 
uh, well-known right. people. Uh, Father Andy Calder, God bless him, and rest in peace, taught me a lot as well as to uh, how to leave it at different locations. A lot of lot. Yeah, I need to learn to do that. <laughs> um, and they, uh, oh, Virgil has a question. Go ahead, Virgil. Sure. Yeah, real you, quickly. We still have time. Yeah, you got time, Virgil. Type it in there. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that it doesn't take much to leave things where they are in a location. Um, you don't have to leave yourself wide open at a, at a location. And you shouldn't leave yourself wide open at a location. Yeah, right. and, and Nancy says, set your boundaries before leaving a location. You're absolutely right, Nancy. Uh, you don't ever let something yeah, get the best of you. I agree. And, and you just, you never should. You should never go into a location wide open um, and wanting to become that close to a, a spirit or an entity. Um, so, no, nothing's ever followed me. No. Um, Wanna, oh well well thanks I, I i you know the fact of the matter is, is i already have that um oh so why do shadows run from tim um i could answer that one off air for you but i'll give you hey you'll tell me she was on her oh no 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 it's because there's a there's a involved answer and there is a short answer i'll give you the short answer i can sure. tell cl off the air what the involved answer is um <laughs> Uh, Nancy says, always ground down before investigating. Absolutely. Um, uh, let me give you the short answer here, CL, as to why sure. shadows run from me. Um, and I'll try to think of how I'm going to say this. Okay. Uh, a story from the Stanley. Uh, I'm down in the tunnel in, in the Stanley, you know, the, if you've ever seen the episode of the ghost hunters where uh, I believe it was Grant, maybe Jason that was down in the tunnel. They have the galley down there, in the tunnel. Do you have a time limit? I'm sorry. Do I, do I have to be oh, this is my husband. We see our room. Oh, oh, we run it right. over. Um, I won't interrupt you then. Um, so, uh, and what I see Virgil's questions up there. So after I tell this, I'll, I'll hit his question here. Mm -hmm. Um, so, it's because he wakes up in the middle of a medical procedure. Yes, that's why, Greg. It's because I wake up in the middle of medical procedures. You can't keep a good man down. But actually, I have this up. There you go. Uh, hey, yeah, I don't have hey. my. So did you hear the? Did you hear the rim shot? <laughs> yeah, this. There you go. <laughs> yes, I have my full studio up and running. Um, awesome. So, uh, in the. Uh, in the tunnel at the Stanley, I am sitting. I'm sitting with a demonologist that I'll name later, and we're sitting there. And he says there are spirits in the galley. There's there's always been spirits in the galley that used to work there. And he says they are there, but they're being respectful. Because I said, well, why aren't they coming out? Why aren't we communicating with them? And he says, I don't communicate with spirits. I acknowledge them, but I don't talk to them. And he's a Catholic, very Catholic demonologist. Adam Bly. Okay. okay. So if anybody's ever worked with Adam Bly, talk to Adam Bly, you'll understand. He, he will, you know, he'll acknowledge them, but he doesn't communicate with them. Um right. And 
I said, well, interesting. I said, well, what are they doing in there? You know, in the galley, why are they hanging back? What are they doing in there? He said, well, some of them are just kind of hanging back respectfully. Some of them are curious and they're watching and the others are kneeling and they're genuflecting. It's like kneeling and genuflecting. Why are they kneeling and genuflecting? He goes, I don't know. That's weird. It's okay. I said, well, you're a holy guy. He goes, yeah. I said, oh, maybe they're doing that to you. He goes, oh, yeah, I don't know. They're kneeling and genuflecting. They're being very respectful. I said, okay. Well. And I said, well, Adam, I have this issue. I said, it, especially with shadow people, these shadow people will run from me. Like, especially when I cast my gaze on them, they run from me. And I want to know what this is. And he kind of puts his head down. We're sitting side by side and we're looking out into the tunnel and it's very dark. We're sitting there side by side and he kind of closes his eyes and he meditates on it. He thinks about it. Actually, more praise upon it than meditates. And he thinks and he looks up and he says, you know what, Tim? Sometimes God just protects his own. And that was it. That's the short answer. Wow. Thank you for sharing that with yeah. us. Um, I was going to say, me, it should be also your aura. That's another good way of putting it, too. Some people have stronger protections and auras. That's the other part of the shorting. Um, Virgil, my main area of interest is astrophysics. What has always fascinated me is the block universe theory that all reality, including the future, exists now. Oh, yeah. Kind of like destiny. Your death has already happened. Your time, let's say, your time car hasn't got you here yet. Ooh, okay. Um, make sense of this by thinking of the universe in thought experiment of time. As a road with a beginning and an end, and time is a car, you drive through it with, you drive through it, but with no reverse gear. Okay. Uh, the faster you go, the less you age because of time dilation and you hit the markers quicker. Anyway, the question is, can we be visited by ghosts from the future? Hmm. I, would, I think it's possible. Yeah. I would just add block universe theory is supported by the Einstein theory of special relativity as opposed to presentism. Any thoughts, guys? I do have thoughts here. Um... Okay, I'm going to play you devil's advocate with Virgil for real quick here. <laughs> if we're visited by ghosts from the future, what do these ghosts look like? Uh, I, or do we not see them? Okay, are these the, are these the invisible? You know, the ones that are pulling at us or scratching at us. Are these? Are we misinterpreting these? Are these the so-called demons that were misinterpreting action? Are that what what are the what are these things that you're interpreting as ghosts from the future? Because we see apparitions that we know are from our past. Are you saying that aliens are ghosts from our future? I guess I don't know, Virgil. What 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 are and, and go ahead and type it in real quick if if uh if you, I don't know, if, if you 
if you have an idea of what these ghosts from the future are. I get what you're saying as far as block theory goes, and it's a gr- it's a good theory. I I got what you're saying, and I'm picking up what you're putting down. But what what is the ghost from the future, Nikki? What do you think? My thought was that I've heard people say they could be a replication of us in the future. Right. Well, like blonde aliens. Um, Well, ghosts from the past aren't here. What do you mean ghosts from the past aren't here? Because I'll tell you, I've been to Tombstone, Arizona, and I've I've encountered ghosts of the past from there. Uh, In the ghosts at the Stanley, ghosts of the past from there. I mean, those are ghosts that that for all intents and purposes are ghosts from anywhere in the 1800s to now. But what right. ghosts are we talking about? Ghosts from the future. Are you talking ghosts from the year 2200 to 2400, 2500? I don't know what ghosts from the future you're talking about. Maybe I was thinking like time travel no no no. That, that's what he's really? talking about he, he's talking about ghosts no. of the future unless i'm misunderstanding I, am i misunderstanding here virgil you tell me i maybe i'm maybe i'm thinking too linear the ghosts from the past are there are you let here? me go back and, and see what let me go hmm. back and read what he's saying here um the question is can we be visited by ghosts from the future? Would the only thing I wouldn't call them ghosts from the future. Yes, it's a timeline. Yes, timeline. I wouldn't call them ghosts if they're re- sorry. I have a really bad elbow right now. <laughs> no worries. Um, so I'm just I'm not threatening to punch Virgil out. I'm I'm just moving my elbow because I've got real bad. Arthritis. Yeah, badly. Um. The uh, the only I don't know that you call it a ghost. Um, okay, so CL says you can send your own souls ahead, hmm. and Virgil says no, you have it. Okay, um, I don't know. That's a good question. Time traveling ghost. Hmm. I, I don't know what it would look like. That's the thing. I, if if one if an appar okay, so if an apparition shows up, Virgil, uh, from let's say the year twenty five hundred, how would you know that it was from the future if it's not dressed like us? Uh, I don't know. You know, it'd be hard to tell. I've never seen one. I'd love to know if someone's seen one. You know what? I'm going to bring this question up. To, I haven't seen one either. Bring this question up to Bruiser on on Supernatural News next Wednesday. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I believe in time travel is like in the Matrix. I think yeah. I'm interested in that as well. That's a very good question. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not poo-pooing it either way. It could happen. Sure. Thank you for the question. Scientifically yeah. proven. It makes you think, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm just yeah, not knowing think. what it would look like. Or, or, or I think it could be like shadow people. I think it could be like. So the ghost could theoretically visit shadow. its past self. No, I get what you're saying, Amanda. Definitely, it could it could mm-hmm. visit itself. But the question is, at that point, if if does the ghost 
appear to itself like its past self so you don't scare yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because if I'm if I'm going back in time to visit my past self as a ghost, I'm not going to want to cause myself any more trauma than I have to. So I'm wanting to appear if you see a ghost from the past, it's traveled in time. Well, not necessarily, Virgil. It, 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 I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. If, if I'm seeing a ghost from 1800, from the 1800s, but there is such a thing as an active haunting and, and, and a, an energetic haunting or one that's been implanted in the land. So it's hard to implant an, a haunting in the land or have an energetic scar in the land if it's from the future. There's, there's the word I was looking Quantum leap. Okay, a, param, a paranormal quantum leap of sorts. I get what you're saying there. Yeah, I, I get what Amanda's saying. Mm -hmm. But there's a diff bit of a difference, Virgil, in that, that energetic scar in the land. Take, for example, Gettysburg is a perfect example. You have a war that is such a physical and energetic scar on the land, such as a civil war, that leaves an imprint. So you can continue to play that tape over and over and over again for years and years to come. That that energetic scar may be there for 50 to 100 more years or more. Right. Can you you can't go back from let's say there's a horrible war in 2500. We're not playing that back here. Um and I know the story that Nancy's talking about. I I've heard Jim tell that story, the story of a little boy who saw an adult and you fast forward and that teenager was actually the little boy. Yeah, I've heard, I heard that, that one. Story. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I know that, that story you're talking about, Nancy. Um, I, I get, yes, and, and that I get, that, yeah. But that to me suggests that it may not necessarily be a ghost. It's just, it's a time traveler, not a ghost. And, and to me, that's a solid form running into that's a time travel story. That's not a ghost. You see what I'm saying? There's a fine line here. You can have time slips and then you have ghosts. Ghosts right. are deceased members that have left us. Time slips are active moving between dimensions or moving between timelines. Right. Or and I, I think the story Jim tells is a story of slipping between times actual timelines and i think i think that um i think that's what we're getting here i'm i'm not sure you know um what does amanda say here basically there has to be an origin to the existence no one cannot travel or visit if it has never existed well no i i get that yeah i get that amanda i think they're trying to boot me off so but um okay this would be a good topic for entirely another show if you want to come back with us. You're more than welcome sure, to. Sure, we could do that sometime. Sure. Yeah, I thank you guys so much for listening. And, I've, you know, I can't stress this enough for being with us, too. I know you're busy. Yeah, but I'm still, still here. <laughs> yeah, so darknessradioshow.com. Check it yeah. out. Uh, we're available on all formats, all all uh, all different podcast apps. But, uh, oh, and by the way, um, if you have uh, Apple devices, you can uh, download the Darkness Radio app. Uh, the current Darkness Radio um, 
Google app is not currently active, but we're looking at um, looking at designing a new one that should be out in a few months here. So there you go. Uh, awesome. So you have a great night, Tim, and thank you guys for listening to my Paranormal Corner. And I'm your host, Mickey Ray. And uh, I'll be back next week with another great guest, Paranormal Investigator, Natalie Crater, I believe. So, um, yeah, so be sure to tune in for next week's show. Stay safe out there, you guys. And thank you, Tim. Thank you. All right. Bye, guys.